you only have an idea of how it is that you need to improve, right? And often that idea of what that is is so far removed from the person that you actually are. Mm -hmm. So that you end up just spending a lot of time just just turning your wheels, pursuing things that are actually um, not particularly important or meaningful for you as 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 a person. You know, maybe they're meaningful for someone else, but you can it can send you in all these sort of wild goose chases of of the this person that you think you're supposed to be, as opposed to honoring the person that you are. And it's only through that sort of that that being able to sit in nothing and being able to do nothing for a moment that I think that you can actually get a glimpse. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Welcome, folks. It is I, Evan, and on the other end is Brandon. Here doing this Way of the Artist podcast thing once again. Uh, and today we've we've kind of got an interesting one and uh, I'm I'm intrigued to see where this one goes. This is the the art of doing nothing. And uh, I'll fully admit that I, I this is an art that I feel like I'm certainly no master of. And in fact, I'm probably a horrifying amateur <laughs> at this as i think that many many people probably probably are um when it really comes down to thinking about like doing nothing how often do we really actually do nothing why is it important to do nothing um all of this stuff and yeah this seemed like a uh a good topic to have to to discuss. It seemed like a, a very uh, serendipitous or synchronistic conversation to have because I was watching uh, an interview of of uh, a couple of people discussing some of the ideas of the German philosopher Heidegger, and then shortly after, Brandon sent me this really fascinating article that had a lot to do with our topic, and we thought, you know what? Why don't we uh, why don't we dive into it and uh, and and really explore see what we see what we come out with on the other side so uh brandon what uh what are your opening remarks for the peoples one thing that i've learned in life is that if you're busy all the time you don't have time to think and you definitely don't have time to create because you're too busy doing something and creativity exists in the non-doing really it's that mm. period of doing nothing where you know, ideas can flow. And sometimes I think a, a, a very tedious task can almost satisfy that where you're doing something where it's almost like you're not really doing it at all because you're not even thinking about it and it needs almost no conscious attention. And so I think that's why a lot of times people, when they're having a shower or when they're on the toilet or something like that, or brushing <laughs> their teeth, these types of very almost mundane, tedious, repetitive tasks that we're so used to doing. And you don't really even need to think about it. You just know how to do it. Maybe what you're driving is another example. Mm -hmm. And yes, you are doing something, but not enough to take your conscious attention. And so I think something that we're talking about 
is, I mean, yes, ideally you can actually be still, have no distractions, have nothing that's occupying you and let yourself just be in the nothing, in the silence, in the whatever you want to call it. But I think that sometimes we we end up meeting that demand at least 90%. Maybe, maybe it's only 60%, but it's enough to actually get some things going where you're driving or you're walking or you're doing some something like having a shower and and these ideas can come through. And so I think um what we're what we're talking about is we're talking about the the power of those moments and why they're important and even dare I say nurturing it which is very weird in our society today because if you know people have this perception that if you're not doing something you're you're being lazy or you're wasting time and you know, says who, right? Mm-hmm. Says what and what demands, what values are saying that that's a waste, right? If you're, if all it is, if all your life is about, is, is about getting stuff done and being productive and, you know, producing something, um, to what end and why, and mm-hmm. why does that matter really? And have you ever stopped to think about that and consider it? Or is it just, that's what we do, you know, and maybe it's not what we do. Maybe it's, uh, m- maybe there's something, that's going on that you're missing out on. I'll, I'll mention one other thing that I think is kind of interesting. Did you know that cults get people, they get their followers generally to be really, really busy and they make sure that they don't get enough sleep and they make sure they're always occupied with something. And part of that is because that actually helps the brainwashing to actually occur. Because when you don't have time to critically think and ponder and wonder about what it is that you're actually doing and what's going on, you you're less likely to have the time and energy, because if you're tired as well, you don't have the energy to just think about it and go, wait a minute, what a, this is kind of weird. That's a little weird. Let me look into that. And you don't even have time to look into these thoughts that you might have. And so, you know, it, it, we are in a culture. And now I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna necessarily say that this culture is a cult, but in in a way, busyness makes us not question our life it makes us go down these paths and these roads and we just go well you know that's what my parents did that's what my family does you know and so um, Mm -hmm. it can be a little disruptive to stop and start asking questions not just for you but for everyone around you yeah i mean and and you know i i i'm not going to be afraid to go there like i i think that yeah absolutely like our culture has a cult of productivity and busyness right like we have a cult of it we have a an obsession about it where it's like there's where we feel um bad about ourselves we feel guilty about taking time to do nothing and even when we're doing nothing we're actually we're actually almost never doing nothing like even our nothing time we filled with stuff Right. Like the stuff that we that we categorize as as doing nothing. Right. Or it's where it's like. It's like, oh, you have this free time and free space. OK, what am I what am I going to do with it? <laughs> right. It's still this thing. Like, what am I going to do with that? That this nothing space? I've, I've got to fill it with something. I've got to uh, watch a movie or you know listen to a listen to a podcast <laughs> you know do it like we just we, we got and all of these things are are there's nothing inherently wrong with 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 anything really like with with doing doing these things 
but it's I think that it's more so our attitude, our approach to it, where it's just it's this almost um, it's like this restless. Uh, it's the kind of this this restless obsession with having to do something with ourselves, right? Just just keeping ourselves busy, even in in our leisure time, even in our our downtime. You've got to fill it with something. Which is, you know, I think to me that's part of one of the most sort of immediate impacts of of meditation, right? Where it's like it's. Uh, I remember one uh, an old mentor of mine used to say, uh, used to make this joke of, "I call meditation taking a break from my shit," <laughs> right? And it's like it's just it, it kind of is. It's taking a it's it's dedicating a certain amount of time to to nothing right but even then like it's that that's one of the the big challenges of of meditation because meditation is something that people do for some reason right Mm -hmm. it's like oh i'm doing this to you know for for these outcomes and uh anyone who's spent any time with meditation and and learning about it uh, will tell you that it's like oh yeah like if when you step into a meditation with this idea of I'm doing this to relax, I'm doing this to become calmer. I'm doing this to you're actually, you're no, that that's not even, that's not what meditation is. Meditation is, is actually a practice is part of this practice, this art of truly doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. There's no purpose for it. There's no like, like complete letting go of, all of this shit and something that is, is kind of a funny thing that I've really been that I I feel like I discover more and more about meditation is that, Oh yeah, this is why, uh, one of like the first things that, that one of the, the main ways in which people learn to meditate is to just focus on your breath, right? Whether you're focusing on the sensation of the air coming in through your nose, like the cool air coming in, the warm air going out, or the feeling of your stomach or diaphragm expanding and contracting, just whatever you put your focus on, right? Because the idea, the, 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 the whole notion is that like, no, because there's nothing going on in your mind in meditation that's worth, that's worth it <laughs> to a certain extent. That's not, it's, that's not the function, right? Because no matter what you're thinking about in the meditation, because your mind can present all kinds of busy work while you're just sitting there that can feel very important, right? Like it can feel very, um, like you have to pay attention to this thought. You have to give this your attention now, right? And it's just like, no, 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 no. Like that, this is just put your attention back on your breath. Just completely let that go because it's that, it's that, restlessness that that constant obsession of having to give these things our attention and create busy work even in the midst of doing nothing Mm -hmm. right when the when the task is actually like no don't do anything Mm -hmm. like just just sit here and breathe right but we can't even do that like it's 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 a it's a fascinating i don't necessarily know where i was going with that but um but yeah yeah. Well, I think you're bringing in some uh, really valid point and a really important part of this because you know we're, as we're talking about uh, all of this, just one thing that that comes to mind 
to my attention is that how often is a person actually present in their life? Like how much are they in the past and in the future? Like, and so much of thought exists outside of the present moment. And that's part of the reason why, you know, learning to not entertain it, learning to not engage with it, especially when it's taking you somewhere other than here. And there's all sorts of reasons why people convince themselves that they need to go to the past or they need to go to the future. And, and it can be very seductive. And um, what you don't realize though, is that the trade-off is that it's not actually giving you what you think it's giving you. That's the first thing. It's like, it's like a bad deal that way, because a lot of the time, and I'd say most of the time, sometimes maybe it's giving you what you, what you need. Or it's giving you something valuable, but most of the time it's not. Most of the time, all it's doing is creating worry or anxiety or shame or guilt or, or something like that. Something that's not necessarily an ideal feeling in this present moment or whatever. And so then you can become addicted to this. You can become addicted to future thinking and past thinking. And I know because I have, and it's, it's a weird thing because when you're in it and you like, don't know how to get out of it, you're like, well, I just keep doing it. I just keep rehashing the past, keep rehashing the past. And then it's like, oh no, now I keep worrying about the future, worrying about the future, whatever. Um, So that's one part is like, you know, this, this doing nothing is about being present, right? Because there is nothing that needs to be done in the moment and except be, and there's something about that. That's the most important thing you can do at all. And then there's the other part of this, um, which I think is worth just kind of throwing in because we're talking about cult and culture and all of that. And this, um, you know, we also have a bit of a cult of self-improvement now. And that Mm. that actually goes very nicely hand in hand with the cult of productivity because it's like, be productive, be a productive human being, get stuff done. How much did you get done? How good are you at getting it done? You know? Yeah. And if you're improved, then you can be more productive. Exactly. (laughs) You know, there's this famous story uh, in Russia. I think it was like during World War II, maybe it was World War I, but about this, uh, you know, Russian worker and he just performed like outperformed everybody. And so then he became this kind of, they tried to make him into like a hero and make him like, and they wanted everyone else to like idolize him because they wanted everyone else to be productive like him. Right. And so um, there is a benefit. You get to, you got to think about it. Like who wants you to be busy? <laughs> is it mm-hmm. you that wants you to be busy or does someone benefit off you being busy? And that's a, you know, when you're talking about a literal cult, then you should really ask that question because Usually the cult leader is manipulating all their followers to get what they want done and they need you busy. They want you busy mm-hmm. because it helps them. Right. And so, you, you know, you don't have to look too far to look into our culture and say, Hey, you know, like maybe my employer, maybe my politicians, maybe people like that are benefiting off me doing this work that they want me to do because it gets them something and you know, whatever. And so not to say that you shouldn't do it, but that maybe you're, falling into the inertia of what someone else thinks is right and, and what's best. And, and so I'll just find, finish this thought here with this uh, self-improvement. You know, I love this quote and uh, I think it's in fight club. I think what they say, something like self-improvement is masturbation mm-hmm. and it kind of is, you know, because it's like, what are you doing? You're just trying to make yourself feel better about yourself. And like, you know, what, like for what, for what cause, And what I often find with people 
you know, and this is just my opinion and my observation and disagree with me if you like, but a lot of people that do self-improvement don't improve Jack. Like they actually don't get better at all. In fact, they, they don't do anything, but mm-hmm. they, 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 they act like they're learning and they're getting, it's like you, you haven't really done anything really to be better. Like you're mm-hmm. not actually better. You just feel like you're better. And I think there's a lot of self-improvement, which is not self-improvement at all. It's just a like a feeling of self-improvement. Because mm-hmm. in, in most cases, people self-improve by applying themselves to something and improve out of necessity. But when you do self-improvement for the sake of self-improvement, I find very rarely does anybody improve. And Mm-hmm. You know, if if you you might disagree with me hearing that in this moment, but look, start looking. You'll begin to see it's it's usually self-improvement comes out of necessity rather than this like, yeah, I'm just gonna go in, I'm gonna improve this, right? It's it's a it's a it's kind of a strange thing, you know, it's a it's a real distraction, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh man. Uh I feel like you just opened up like a whole, a whole, you know, can of worms here. And it's just like, which, which worms do we start picking through? Um, (laughs) And for what reason, Evan? (laughs) And for what reason? I mean, yeah, it is like that, that whole, you know, your comment there about, um, you know, because yeah, this, this, the, the notion of self-improvement is like, well, improved, improved in what, for what, in relation to what like it's all it's all about um you know and i understand it because it's like the 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 sort of illusion of self-improvement is that it's just like oh it'll make me happier if i'm improved i'll be happier i think that's really you know and like that's at the heart of it it's like you know we just we're all just trying to be happier human beings happier more peaceful human beings I, I truly genuinely believe that and self-improvement seems like the way to do it because we live in a, you know, in a, in a culture and society that's just like, oh, well, you know, if you, if you work at this and you do these things and you follow this system and you do this structure, you, and, but that's just, that's just not the way, that's just not the way it works, Right. Um, not everything who we are can't be, can't be broken down in that kind of way. Our, our, our state of well-being can't necessarily be, be reduced in that, in that sort of, um, in, in a, I guess a kind of like material, materialistic sort of, uh, fragmentary kind of process right which works well for us to understand a lot of things you know like you know science is very much like a a process of breaking things down um in a way that we can understand how to um i guess sort of manipulate things in a way that that can be potentially beneficial right so it's like it's it's not that it's completely uh without without utility but it's just that it's it's um there's i think i don't have the words or the thought for it necessarily but like it's a there's a trap you know Mm -hmm. there's like there's a there's a trap in it from the outset 
in the whole thing because it's not like you know doing you know incorporating like a new sort of pattern behavior into your life won't breed you know positive results in your life because absolutely it can but there's something there's something that's just that's just there's a there's a mistaken attitude towards it you know because Yeah, I I I don't I I'm I can't put my finger on it, but there's there's something maybe you can maybe you you're you can see something in this brand because I, I I can't quite feel it out. It's just like an intuition at this moment in time, but it's just like no, but there's just something there's just something a little bit fucked up, you know, in that in that that beginning attitude of self-improvement, right? And it's and it's like we've mentioned it before, you know, like one of our favorite Alan Watts, you know, like has this great line where he's like, he's like, um, it's like the problem with self-improvement is that the part of you that needs to improve is, is the part that's telling you, you need to improve something, something to that effect, mm -hmm. right? Like it's just the, the part of you that's making you feel like you're not enough is the one that's telling you need to improve. Mm-hmm. But it's the part of you that's telling you you're not enough. If you weren't telling yourself you weren't enough, you wouldn't feel the need to improve, right? And this is one of those uh, kind of bizarre pieces of, of our, you know, human psyche psychology where it's like we think that we need to have this sense of needing to improve ourselves. It's like, oh, well, then if I, if, if I don't feel the need to improve myself, then I won't grow i won't learn i won't like all of these things like what like all of these things won't happen and that's i think that's complete kind of nonsense right because it's like you only have an idea of how it is that you need to improve right and often that idea of what that is is so far removed from the person that you actually are mm-hmm so that you end up just spending a lot of time just just turning your wheels, pursuing things that are actually um, not particularly important or meaningful for you as 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 a person. You know, maybe they're meaningful for someone else, but you can it can send you in all these sort of wild goose chases of of the, this person that you think you're supposed to be, as opposed to honoring the person that you are. And it's only through that sort of that that being able to sit in nothing. And being able to do nothing for a moment that I think that you can actually get a glimpse of, of what it is that you can actually do, right? What it is that, that the, the, the direction to actually take for you, um, because otherwise you're just, you're just caught up in thought. Mm -hmm. you know like you're just constantly going through through thoughts and, and 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 like another one of alan watts's things is just like you know if you're always just thinking about your thoughts then you then like you don't have time for to have any new thoughts right you don't have time for anything new to enter for you to even have a new thought about something because <laughs> mm -hmm. you're just constantly thinking about all the thoughts that you got going on there's nothing new that's actually coming in um 
I feel like I'm just kind of saying a bunch of stuff right now. I'm kind of wandering and <laughs> I'm wandering around in the woods right now <laughs> and just kind of like point pointing out, you know, every every tree and fucking rock that I that I could see. So I, I think I'm just going to stop for a, a tree, moment. A rock. And <laughs> tree, a rock. Another tree, another tree. Oh, another rock. Um, Yeah, well, you know, OK, so <laughs> I think one thing is kind of interesting, right, is like there the part of you, because I struggled with this part, this, this a lot of my life, and it still comes up every now and then. I'm just better at dealing with it. But this whole thing about not being good enough, right? And then, you know, like maybe it's not being lovable. You know, it's like stuff like that, right? But I, I don't feel this is too far fetched from like what a lot of people experience, if not, not everybody or most. But so, you know, when you, if you say, okay, well, I'm not good enough or I'm not, I'm not lovable or whatever that might, that, that weird thought might be. And maybe you haven't named it that, but maybe it's something like that. And you go, well, okay. So I do this and then I'm good enough. Right. I do this and then I'm lovable. Right. And so then, you know, the part of you that doesn't feel lovable or doesn't feel good enough, doesn't want to be satisfied. And this is the first thing to really wrap your head around because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a trickster because the moment you solve it, it doesn't, it's dead and it doesn't want to die. It wants to live and it, it wants to, it doesn't just want to live. It wants to be strong. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so it, uh, it knows that if it has you, the more it has you, the better, the better it is. And, it, and you got to understand that there's something about this not good enough, not lovable, right? Like if this, if, if, if that relates to anyone out there, like, um, you know, that's just what I labeled it or how I tried to understand it. Right. And it's just a label. It's just a trying to understand, but, um, this, this thing, you think you want to solve it, but, but you don't realize what you're getting out of it. So you think, well, if I'm, lovable and I'm good enough, then why would I do anything that I do? I like doing what I do. And what I do, I've worked really hard and, you know, and like, it's given me purpose because so now if all of a sudden I'm lovable and I'm good enough, then I won't want to do that anymore because the reason why I was doing that was so I was lovable and good enough. <laughs> and so then you're addicted to not being lovable and not being good enough because if you heal it or resolve it now you're not going to want to do whatever it is that you that you deem important in your life and so you you see the bind and it goes mm -hmm. like that it just actually then it gets onto another thing and another thing and another thing and pretty soon you're just trapped in this whole thing of you know and so if you take away the um the 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 lacking that you feel and you resolve it in 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 a sense why would you do anything that you do and that's actually a more scary place to be than to be in the pain of not lovable and not good enough so when it comes right down to brass tacks and it comes down to that moment where you can make a choice hey resolve this and you'll be done with it or um but but now you'll have to find out now you'll have to question your whole life and figure out why you do anything that you do <laughs> Or you can question everything you think and you want to do, but you, you know, whatever. And so like what happens is people go, well, that's way too painful. 
I'll just stick with this whole not good enough, not lovable thing, because actually, in a weird way, it's easier. And so I'll just keep stuffing it. And I'll just keep pretending it's not there. And I'll just keep hiding it. And, uh, and maybe if I hide it well enough, it won't influence my life. But guess what? No, that's not how it works. What it's going to do is the more you stuff it, the bigger and stronger it's going to get down there. And one day it's going to start rearing its head. And it's going to not just come out in like your, maybe your job or your work or something, but it'll come up in your relationships. It'll come up with your kids. It'll come up with your friends. It'll come up with everything. And then, and then you'll be like, Oh my God, I got to deal with this thing again. Okay. Stuff, 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 you know, and you'll play this whack-a-mole game with it for just the rest of your life. And mm -hmm. you'll try to be busy because busy is a great way to distract yourself from it. You see the trap, and then, yeah. oh, if I, if I, it's self-improve enough, I can get over it, right? But no, the self-improvement is just a distraction. It's just a whack-a-mole method you're using to hide from it. And, um, and, and quite honestly, if you're actually just trying to self-improve for this reason and not for a purpose, not to build something, not to create something, not to do something, you will most likely find that you didn't even improve at all. And then you're like, what was the point of all that? And it was like, don't you see, there wasn't a really a point. It was a point to run from your feelings. That was the point. Mm -hmm. And if you just get honest with the fact that you're running from your feelings, then maybe you can actually face the music and like, look at what this actually is here. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's tough, man. Like, uh, you know, we get addicted to our desires and our ambitions and our, whatever we're trying to do in the world. And, 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 you know, I've, I've, because uh, I've been on a bit of a spiritual journey, I'd say for like the last almost decade. And I would say that one thing I've noticed from a few people is they go, well, well, I, I, I don't want to do that because if I did that, then what, what if I, what if I didn't have any motivation anymore for my business? I'm like, I get it. Yeah. Because you're, you're building your business based on a shadow. You're building your, your business based on a fear you have. And what if you erase that fear, then you wouldn't want to build your business. And who would you be without your business? Because your business is your identity. And uh, yeah, <laughs> better just keep the fear. Better just keep that in place. Yeah. 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 And it's, um, I've heard it said before that we don't, we don't actually fear the unknown. We fear losing what we have. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's, you know, part of the illusion of sort of like this, this busyness always doing is that that's how we create things in our lives. That's how things, how, how, how things happen. But I think that there's many sort of examples of nature and lots of, uh, lots of the great wisdom traditions have observed this, have commented on this sort of pattern of nature, that it's actually in the nothing. It is actually in that space of silence. So there's, there's, there's lots of different words that have been used for it. You know, there's nothing, there's void, there's the silence, there's the, you know, the, that it's only from that place that you actually understand the truest action for yourself, the truest action that exists for you. But you have to shut off all of the, that noise of, keeping busy of I, I and a word that came up for me uh as well and this is comparison comparison is such a huge part of our again that like with that self-improvement thing like we're comparing ourselves to other people and again one of the great wisdoms <laughs> from the tradition says like comparison is like will fucking destroy you 
you are incomparable. Like who you are as a person. Like if once you get really connected to this person that you actually are, which is interesting because it's kind of connected to our last, our last podcast um, <laughs> yeah, these things about, about who you are. Right. But it's like when you're connected to the, to that thing, you, you begin to actually understand what appropriate actions to take. So that's the thing is that it's like you, there's not, you don't just sit in nothing and then that's, that's forever what happens. It's you actually, because nature exists in this space of nothing and something, right? It, they go together with, with each other and but we're not allowed when we don't allow that nothing space in our life we're we're just constantly filling it with something and it creates i guess like a a disharmony um which is why we get so confused and feel the need for like we've got to improve try and we just try and throw more busyness and productivity on top of uh, of the of the problem is already like that you're just too busy you know, like the problem is that you're, you're just, you're just filling too much space up and, and, and learning how to really take that space. Um, and that's, I don't have a, have a good answer or, you know, for people like how, how to do that. Like I'm, I'm a, as much a, um, a work in progress on this too, because it's, it's a real challenge. It's a real deep sort of uh conditioning and programming that we all have to to just continue to be busy in the way to fix things or or to to get to find out the answers is to just get busier but as you said you know we have these things of like where people have had their revelations going for a walk in the shower sitting on a toilet you know like doing these nothing things where they're just allow sort of rest to to enter just briefly and something comes out of it right and one of the things that uh before we started recording um that uh, man alan's alan's just showing up a lot in this in this conversation but you know um the the metaphor for um music or sound is that all of sound is is this constant on off switch because there's sound is comprised of of these waves and then these gaps of nothing and those those gaps are as important to the sound to the way that the sound comes out as the as the actual waves are they 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 impact it's not just a constant wave it's it's there's this um, there's these spaces of silence in between those waves that give us the, the, the low notes, the high notes, the different qualities, every sound that you've ever heard in existence is comprised of these, of these waves and gaps, mm -hmm. right? Which is pretty insane when you think about it. Like it's pretty wild that, that somehow nothing is essential to the incredible, the incredible, uh, 
I don't know what the word is like. It's like variety isn't doesn't doesn't even do it justice. But the incredible spectrum, I guess, the incredible spectrum of sounds that exist in the world, like it's 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 infinite the amount of sounds. But it's like it's all based on this this something nothing relationship that goes together. The sound doesn't disappear just because of those gaps. You know what I mean? Like it's just mm-hmm. it's pretty wild to think about and. I think that when we observe these things in nature and I think understand ourselves as a part of as a part of nature, you know, we're we can learn a lot from that. And there are maybe moments where we get glimpses at this principle, you know, coming into into action where it's like you you know, like where I, I've had moments like one that just pops into my head was just like, I, I just remember one fall afternoon, just sitting on a bench in the sun, just laying on a bench in the sun and just having this incredible sense of, of, of clarity, you know, like I wasn't trying to do anything it was just like a moment of I wasn't trying to do anything I was actually just following a a real genuine impulse that I had Um, and I think that we're so disconnected from that side of ourselves we're so disconnected from uh our our intuitive spontaneous sides of ourselves because we're so trained to just logicalize our our way through everything um but that it's i think that's a big part of this as well is that 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 logicalizing side of ourselves as wonderful useful and beautiful as that part is um can create very often just a, a, a ton of confusion as well, you know, where we ignore the feeling that we have in our bones, so to speak, because we're listening to all kinds of rationalizations and then only to discover after the fact that like, oh, I wish I just listened to my gut feeling. I wish I'd listened to that thing that was telling me that you know, something was wrong with this situation or this wasn't the right direction to go or this was the direction to go and I didn't follow that. I didn't follow that that feeling and that instinct. Um, and to hear those feelings and those instincts, it requires that that space of nothing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The The moments of silence... It's like, <clears throat> watch this. Did you see it? <laughs> Did you hear it? And it's like everything that happens when there's that moment, right? It makes the next thing, like it makes it meaningful. And this is the thing about busyness. And this is what uh, I think, you know, something I've learned through just like entrepreneurship, like one of the core principles I, I've I've come to understand i think about entrepreneurship is that you you 
look at busyness as as a bad thing because if you're busy busy's good in a way but it's bad in an, in a certain way so it's good to be busy like it's good to have business but it's not good to have busyness it's good to have business but it's not good to have busyness and mm-hmm. busyness is anything you do that doesn't actually get you the result or the outcome or the thing that you're actually trying to work towards, like all of that stuff should be minimized or, and, or eliminated. And that's why, you know, with, uh, with business and with entrepreneurship, that's why you often hire out. And that's why you start to get people to take care of things because, oh, that keeps me busy and stops me from doing business, which is really what I'm here to do. And so mm. if, if it's a busy quality, then you look at it as, as how do I outsource it? How do I get rid of it? How do I get it off my plate? And then that, that busyness becomes someone's job, right? And so now your job and what you get paid hourly to do in a lot of cases is you get paid to do what's busyness for that business owner. And as a company or a business or, you know, entrepreneurial endeavor grows, there becomes more busyness and more complications. And so then there's more jobs and that's how jobs exist. Jobs exist for the busyness. So basically as an entrepreneur or business person, what you're trying to do is not have jobs. You're trying to actually get rid of jobs and outsource jobs and and eliminate jobs so that you can focus on doing what actually needs to get done. And, And that's kind of how that works. But like our lives are like that, right? So we have, but we have all this, um, all this stuff that keeps us busy but it doesn't actually do anything towards getting us where we're trying to go or what we're trying to do or what we're trying to accomplish or make in the world. Right. And so like, um, or I you know just what? add one more thing or, sure. does, or also just doesn't, doesn't reflect, doesn't reflect, um, who we actually are or what's actually meaningful to us. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Well, yeah. And I think that's probably Our, the most, most important thing. Because yeah, like it's the not busyness just, doesn't reflect doesn't reflect what's our actual what our actual nature is. Yeah, and it's 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 product it's productivity, but for for reasons that don't necessarily align with great purpose and meaning and vision and stuff like that, right? Um, and so, like uh, you know, it, it's it's challenging because busyness is actually quite seductive, and I, I found this in my own life where it's like you you can find comfort in being busy and, or at least I know I can. And I, I, I'm pretty confident that a lot of people actually would agree if they really stopped to, to consider it, <laughs> to stop, to do nothing, to consider it. Um, but yeah, because like busyness can feel really good. You're like, you're not really doing anything to move the thing forward. Really nothing really that really is meaningful and matters and is making a huge impact, but you kind of feel like you're doing something mm-hmm. and you know, and it feels good to feel like you're doing something, especially when you feel like quite certain that you can get the result you want to get. But mm-hmm. a lot of our most meaningful stuff, it doesn't come with certainty. And I think that's why a lot of people choose busyness over actual meaningful, important um, doings, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think, uh, you know, just kind of like just bring this all around in a way or partly at least is like you do nothing 
so that you can figure out to some degree what actually matters and what you would actually do. Mm -hmm. So when you stop and then you take action, that action came out of the nothing. So it became important. It wasn't just an inertia. You had to shift into that gear. You had to consciously decide, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. You know, this is what I'm I'm exploring or uncovering or working, right? And so then action actually matters. And I'll go back to this example. Did you see it? You hear that? See, now what happens is that silence, it matters. Even the moments that are not spoken, right? And like, predictably, your mind can go like, how many words is he going to say in one sentence? You know what I mean? And your mind is now paying attention, right? And that's that's part of life. Like, like you got to look at busyness as you're not paying attention. You're actually not present. You're not there. Your, your mind is working so fast. And this is one of the things that that's, that's kind of why thought is such an issue. Your mind is working so fast to be predictive all the time. It's always just trying to go, 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 go. This is what's going to happen. I've already seen this before. This is how it works. How it goes, whatever. And then when something stops us, catches our attention, makes us pay attention, we all of a sudden go, wait, wait, not quite what I expected. Oh, and it matters. You see, it matters. And that's, and this is like a really weird way to speak because it's so not normal. And, and the mind is going, whoa, whoa, whoa. you're going to say this, right? You, you, and it's trying to work. You got to understand that's how your mind is working. So if you, if you can't, if you can't let it like, like not be dominating you are you even thinking anymore like are you even conscious of your life anymore or is your brain just getting you into an inertia of yeah i've already seen this before this is how it works this is how it goes this is how this is how everything goes and this makes me comfortable mm -hmm. and you think about it it's like busyness is comfort right and there's nothing wrong with being comfortable but but also when you see comfort is getting in the way of your happiness your life your fulfillment you like everything you want to build and do and whatever that's kind of, I think that's part of what we're talking about here. Cause like, it's not exactly comfortable to do nothing at first, mm -hmm. especially at first. <laughs> I mean, you know, this, I know this, right. Meditation can be a real difficult, why would I even meditate? You know what I mean? Like, that's one of the questions that comes up. Yeah. What am I even doing here? It's like, that's it. You're not trying to do anything. What does that even mean? I don't get it. You know, and that's struggle. I don't get it. Right. That's, that's painful. That's not comfortable. Hey everybody, this is Evan, and this episode is brought to you by my book. Yes, I recently released a book called The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft. Expand yourself as an actor and your craft through a spiritual perspective. Take a journey that will explore universal philosophies and insights to help you understand human nature in a profound way, and develop practices to take your work to another level. Again, that's The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft, available on Kindle and paperback on Amazon. And as always, if you like the show, please subscribe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what, what am I supposed to be doing here? Which is, I think, yeah, it's it's definitely one of the big, big struggles that, that comes out of something like meditation. But yeah, it's like this, the busyness, you know, again, it's, it's yeah, it, like, I think 
it, it, it is, it's so tied into how, you know, into our minds, you know, like the, the patterns of, of our minds and the busyness. Cause like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I feel like, like with anything, there's, there are, there are periods of activity and there are periods of inactivity, you know what I mean? Which is maybe another way of, of looking at it. Right. Which is like, not, not necessarily about being busy, but it's like, there are certain periods where, yeah, like you, you will, you are required to, there's an energetic activity that's required of something and and you do it in the times that it is necessary. But I think that we just kind of try and stay in that gear all the time, right? Like we're supposed to be in that gear all the time. And she's like, no, 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 no. You're not supposed to be in that gear all the time. Like there's, there's a time for that, but not always, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, there it's, it is important, which is why it's like, you know, it's, and we are getting better, I think, as a culture and recognizing this of like, Hey, like you need, you need some time of, of rest. You need to take some time to, you know, go and, and, and do nothing, you know, like it go and and whatever that is to you, get, go out into the woods, get onto a beach or just, just step away from, uh, you know, the, a lot of the, the, just, yeah, that, that constant activity that we're, that we're always consumed with. Um, yeah, you know, it's so interesting, like in this conversation, I've been thinking just in terms of, of how this relates to, uh, a lot of what I w- work on actors with, you know, and, and in teaching them because so much of, of, you know, what I, I, I actually teach actors to do initially is, is to not do anything. Like, don't do anything. Like, I just want you to, to be with this person. I, I don't want you to act. I don't want you to try and be emotional. I want you to try and put on a performance. I just want you to look at the other person across from you and just, you know, say what you notice right? What do you notice about that person over there? What do you think about that person over there? What are you getting from them? You know, how are they behaving? How does that, how does that speak to you? Right. And, and it's one of the challenges for, for actors, because it's like, there's, there's this sense of, uh, I don't feel like I'm doing anything, right? Like I'm not, I'm not doing anything. Um, and there's this distrust of that. There's this distrust of, of, of that feeling of not doing anything. But yet what we, what we start to discover and find out is that through this process, there's all of these things that start to emerge. All of these qualities start to emerge when someone really just, when you're really just being with another person presently, um, you know, from, in, from moment to moment to moment. And that's that, oh, you, the actors, the, the person starts to have all of these, uh, all of these incredible emotions start coming out of them, um, of them, of, of themselves, you know, the, the person, the person who they are just kind of can't help, but just show up to, to the process. And that only happens in this kind of space of silence right where um 
where you know you're 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 getting sort of out of your head you're 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 leaping out of this sort of the 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 palace of your of your mind and your thoughts and what happens when you when you do that when you let more and more and more and more of that go and for actors it it translates to actors who are actually more responsive more alive more spontaneous more emotionally um available and open and all of these beautiful qualities just start coming through right they're they're the the person's the actor's innate sort of humanity and and who they are actually is given is given some space to just exist and be um and so yeah it's it's interesting i've never i don't know if never but like i'm I, just in terms of for me having a, a kind of understanding of like oh yeah that's in many ways it's kind of creating this this um this space of 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 nothing um to allow something different to to come through that's outside of the normal way in which we function act behave that's always just trying to control things is trying to force things is trying to will things to happen constantly right and i think part of the lesson that i learned from you know doing meisner work and and through teaching is that it's like oh you actually you don't need to force it at all um in fact the the less the less you force it the more you come alive Mm -hmm. the more the more the more you are actually able to do all of the things that you want to do as an actor and that we want to see in actors so um and it all comes from yeah this place of this this place of nothing i think that (laughs) That's like it, yeah. it, it's it's you know creation really you know creation creativity however you want to put that um, it it comes it it that's where it comes from and and again coming uh, I I've been speaking a lot I'm I'm gonna wrap it up here <laughs> on this point but it's like you know there's um, if you look at um, at uh, I think that that Zen is is great for this um, and and. Zen has a connection to Tao Taoism uh, as well, so they they have a lot of commonalities. But they just it speaks to this sort of phenomenon or this this philosophy, um, m- probably most more directly than than anything else I've really come across. But there's this um, there's this sense that like all of nature, all of life, kind of bursts from the void what they call the void and the void isn't like um just like this dark nothing but it's this it's the it's the space of all possibility right mm-hmm. it's the pattern of all possibility um but it's it's kind of yeah it's it's one of those things that's like you can't it's not really something you can conceptualize <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's 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 the the place from which all things just sort of emerge and it's completely it's this complete open openness for for all things to emerge um and to come into existence um 
and a lot of sort of Zen art reflects this when you look at um, like Zen um, like uh, painters uh, it's like it's it's all comes from this thing of like these things just sort of emerging or bursting from the void where it's like a landscape just kind of like comes out of this hazy nothing you know um, and haikus are very similar in a sense that they a great haiku just kind of encapsulates just a moment you know in this like almost of this very abbreviated form and it just like it's like it just punches you with these images and sounds like it's just like boom did you get it mm. like did you did you see that you know and like it just it this you know like something so simple like you know birds flying over a lake right but it's like it presents it to you in this way of like this this spontaneous life just happening in the moment right um and coming out of this sort of this this nothing it just emerges and um again i don't know necessarily where i was going with that one but <laughs> but yeah man like it's it's creativity comes from 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 the nothing space like yeah. real creativity comes from the nothing space it doesn't come from the constant busyness and 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 something it it requires it requires that stillness yeah i mean i think there's one thing that's coming to my mind is there's so much going on all the time that you never have to worry about there not being anything because there's always something like you know did you just did you will your heart to beat for the last 10 10 minutes did you did you do that was that you mm. you know and it, but yet it did but yet it did and can you can you stop could you hear your heartbeat could you feel it is it there well has it been happening well it's happening and so there's this whole system there's this whole thing and it's all happening it's all it's all so busy just doing what it's doing and so you when you begin to see that like there there's a nature and a flow to everything you can be, begin to respond to it as well because that's the other part about busyness you're not responding to the na nature of what's going on i don't know if you've ever sailed evan but i've done a bit of it and um sailing is interesting because you're working with two pretty powerful mediums at the same time you're working with wind and you're working with water <laughs> when you're in the ocean oh man those waves man they can get huge and i haven't even experienced the, the extremes that they can even get to right i've but I've been in some pretty big ones and uh, I've been with some pretty powerful wind. I've been to the, to, to add wind so powerful that, you know, it's, it's, it starts to get frightening, you know, um, especially when you're out in the water with the sail. And, um, and then, you know, there's, there's a lot of things going on, right? So the wind is, is pushing a certain way. The water is responding a certain way. And that water and that that body of water that you're in has also had implications that have occurred beyond this moment that you're in that are affecting the 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 choppiness of it or the the way in which it's responding and how it's moving and where it's flowing. And 
when you're in a sailboat, it's interesting because you're working with flow, but you're not just saying, okay, well, you push me wherever you want to push me. You're saying, I'll work with you, but I'm not necessarily going to do what you're doing. I'm going to do what I want to do in response to what you're doing. And if you deny it, man, <laughs> you're done. Like, mm -hmm. like game over, capsize. It's done. Like you're, it's over, and maybe worse. So you know. So with, with with especially when the wind is strong and the waves are big, you know this this uh, ability to to go. Okay, I'm going to work with what is happening. There, there's ultimate presence. And I was on this lake one time when I was sailing in this little boat, and uh, I I used to love when the wind would pick up on a lake. It was the most exciting thing to me. Usually they call all the boats back and they're like, "No, oh, you can't be out in the water." But I just like I'd always try and sneak out and get out there because I just I loved it because it's so frightening and so powerful all at the same time. And when I this one particular time I was doing it, I was sailing. And I was tipping the boat. So basically the wind's pushing the boat and it tips the boat sideways. And it's this point where you're sitting on the boat and your weight is holding the boat down and the wind's pushing. And the more you can kind of get your weight on the other side of it, you can take the brunt force of the wind and you can kind of ride this edge and you can get a massive amount of speed. But it's mm -hmm. super frightening because at any moment, if you just do it wrong, your whole boat will capsize and you'll get thrown and it's not like you get thrown like over face first onto the other side. And you got to remember you're on this boat and you're probably four or five, sometimes six, maybe even more feet high. Right. And so you're going to, you're not just going to get thrown. You're going to get thrown from like six feet high or eight feet high above the water into whatever. You know? And that's, I, I don't know how to explain it, man. It is just a absolutely exhilarating and yet frightening feeling. And you know, I think like with with what we're talking about, you have like with the do nothing, you you have to let go of the fact that you are not controlling it all. There's so much at play. And and we see this, you know, you and I, I think we've seen this so much with acting, right? We've seen the actor act. They're going to act and they're going to show you their performance. <laughs> you know, they've done all this and they're trying to control too much. And you're like, nah, it's not real, man. It just, I don't buy it. It's not true. Mm -hmm. Something's false. But then like, I think that's one of the things I really can appreciate about Meisner, which is, you know, the, the, the modality you, you work with a lot, which is like, you have to respond to what the person's doing. Otherwise the whole thing falls apart and you get slammed on your face and it just doesn't work. It just all breaks down, you know? And, and, um, I think when, when people are, you know, you're going through your life, you know, you think, okay, well, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to be silent. I'm going to be, you know, in the nothing. It doesn't mean that nature stopped, man. <laughs> Far from it. In fact, what you're going to notice is how powerful it all is. And then what I think is cool is you can respond to it more honestly and more truthfully, which I think you know, you're going you're gonna to give yourself that opportunity for that very exhilarating thing that you've been cutting yourself off at the knees at, quite frankly, because like, if you want to sail, like the way I was describing, you have to be responsive to nature. That is the only way to do it. Otherwise, it will not work. You will get slammed. You will have a horrible time. And, and that's why they pull all the boats in, because people are not responding to the nature. Um, and I'm not saying I'm great at it, 
but it's, I respect it. And mm-hmm. I can say that. And, um, you know, and so, you know, with, um, with the nothing, the art of doing nothing, when I'm sailing, I'm not doing anything other than what is the response to the truth. And it is the truth. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that for a fact. It is the truth. And that's it. And it's the most exhilarating thing because you're riding a line. And if you get really good at it, you get really close. And I mean, I, I'm not going to say I'm great at it, but I'm good enough to ride in the line, at least for a little while. That place, that little pinnacle moment where you can do that. And like the longer you can do it, the, almost the better it is. That place is the most amazing place to live. It's on the knife edge. And you just keep pushing it and pushing it. And you just gotta go, how close can I go before this is over? You know? Yeah. And 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 you're doing nothing but exactly what you need to do, you know? And mm-hmm. and and then you know, I go back to this question: did you beat your heart for the last 10 minutes? There's a point where you stop being the one that's doing it. It's just nature and you and you are nature and you're there and it's and it's happening and it's a it's a incredible experience i think people live for it i think it's called the zone i think it's everything mm-hmm. you know um and and I, I don't think a lot of people always see meditation and things like this as the zone but like that's more what we're talking about i think like it's not always that exhilarating necessarily but it is and if you can, mm-hmm. if you can catch it, you know, you're kind of like, oh man, like I'm, I'm, I'm in it, you know? And uh, a lot of art too, for me is very much like that. It's like when art hits you, it hit you in a way where you didn't expect it. And like what happened and you don't even know, you know, and that's a, it's quite a profound thing. I think it's part of the reason why I love art so much is just because of the, those special kind of what is happening right now? <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I've definitely, um, sailing's a terrific metaphor, I think for, for a lot of this, cause it's, um, and I, and I, I do my, my, my dad, he doesn't have the sailboat anymore. He sold it a couple of years ago. Um, but I've, I've gone on a number of trips with him. I think the longest one was like close to a week. And, uh, went out sailing on the, on the ocean. And, uh, I, I definitely, you know, like I've been in some situations where it's like, you know, where we were, where we were on like, like swells of like six to eight feet, which like they get way bigger than that. But when you're on that boat, it's like, holy shit, that feels intense, you know? And, uh, and also been in the situation where like beautiful day, just have like a perfect wind and had the boat just leaned right over and you know i remember my dad being like oh she's like she can take it like you can like you like it was a really a a well-built boat like with a big heavy keel on it and and it like you you pretty much couldn't tip this thing over if you if you wanted to right like it's but it was still, I was just like, Ooh, like, I'm like, I can't take this. I can't cut this into the wind anymore. Cause like, this is, I'm not comfortable. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. I was just like, Oh, like it just like, I like, this feels like enough right here. Like how much lean is on the boat right now. 
Um, and it's, well, it's look at totally, this way of the artist sailing podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's totally exhilarating, but you know, like the appeal, so much of the appeal behind sailing is that, yeah. And one of the things that I've loved about, especially like, you know, getting out for like, uh, like a several day trip, you know, is that there's, there's really not much to be busy about when you're sailing, you know, it's like you, like there's, but there's still things to do right when you need to do them yeah you know it's like it's it's one of those in like the and the ocean and the wind will will connect you to the place that you're trying to get to it it's the the connection is there but you have to listen to it right you have to you have to follow it um because yeah it's like it doesn't give a shit about you know what you think it should be doing <laughs> yeah, totally. it's doing what it's doing and and you just have to respond to that but you know there's really not a ton of you know like other than like charting your sort of course for the day and you throw up your sails and you you know and you go behind the helm and you point yourself in a direction and you know you adjust the sails every now and then if you have to and when the winds change or whatever but there's just it's one of those things that where for a lot of people, including myself, where it's like when you're out there, like there's just, it's, it's one of those spaces where you can just kind of allow yourself to do nothing. Cause it's like, what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're on the boat, just be on like, and you just sort of be on the water and you know, some, and, and don't do anything sometimes because doing something is going to mess up your line. You know, if you're, if you're yeah. sailing a line, right. And maybe you're pushing a, a tilt and a lean, right. And it's like, you, you know, just don't, just, just hold, let it, yeah. let it be, ride this out, you know? And, and there's something beautiful about just the stillness of being it. And, and, you know, mm -hmm. you don't, you're, you're doing something, but you're not like, this is the thing. And this is such a great metaphor for acting. If I can bring it back around to this just for a second. I guess for filmmaking and screenwriting and everything, really. But I'm going to focus on acting. When you get that moment, like we're talking about in sailing, that is is where your acting really is going to live, right? That's where it's going to thrive. Because you're not doing anything more than what needs to be done. You're literally... You, and, you're, and, and we, if you are on that line, if you're walking that edge, we will, we will go with you all the way. And... and 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 you become, you know, I like to think of the character in in story in particular, and I suppose the actor is kind of playing that that vehicle role. If you do this right, we will ride with you to the sunset. We will ride with you all the way, and we will be thank you thankful to you for for getting us there, you know. But if you start going, oh, I'll do this and I'll, I'll do that. And I'll show, you know, show them all these fancy sailing tricks I have or acting tricks. It's like, now we're like, what? Like, <laughs> this, is like this is messy. This is like yeah. all over the place. This is like, like, stop it. You know what I mean? You're doing too much. You're too busy. You're too, like, it's, it's, it, you don't like, why, why are you doing that? You know, just like, listen, respond, act, you know, and, and as things change and as things evolve, respond, act, you know, but, but don't get caught doing anything more. Don't deny the reality. Don't, don't, don't upset the truth of this because once you upset the truth, the fucking, the magic is gone, man. It's just gone. It's over, yeah. you know? And well, 
I suppose you're all of a sudden in a new truth and that's okay, but you got to accept that you're in the new truth, right? Like, you know, maybe you mess up, but it's an accident. It's not uh, intentional. And you find yourself, oh, we, we just, we just did this. Okay. So now you're there, be there, you know, don't try to be back where you were because you're not there right now. Now you're here. You can get back there, but start here, start where you are. Right. And, and that's so much about what doing nothing is, is like, because that's, Evan, I think that's where the doing something becomes a problem, right? particularly with acting, right? Like something goes wrong in the scene. We've talked about this a lot. And the actor suddenly starts to try to do something to correct it, to, mm-hmm. but, but not in the nature of the scene anymore, but in the nature of, I got to fix this. I got to make this right because this is how it's supposed to go. And it's not supposed to go this way. And it's like, no, don't do anything. Let it, this is what happened. This is where we are. Let's let this, let's let this live, you know? Yeah. What's and that's really... particularly true in theater, I would say for sure. Yeah. Like in just, I'm glad you brought that, that in because it's like, that's definitely something I can uh, connect with and, and, and have a certain kind of understanding about. And what's emerging to me um, about this whole thing is that like that the constant doing of something, the constant um, busyness uh the problem is, is that you, that constant doing of something means that you're pretty much always, that the doing something is always coming from confusion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like it's always coming from a place of confusion because you haven't given yourself time for there to be any kind of clarity and and that's one of those things like it's it's perfectly illustrated um in in the acting world which is you know part of what i love about it is because acting is such a medium uh and an art form of immediacy um it's one of the most like there's don't get me wrong there's presence and immediacy that that's involved in in any and all art forms it's just acting um, embodies it in such a direct and clear kind of way where it's just like you have to you have to honor the moment and you have to 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 honor the the immediate thing because if you don't it's just so glaringly uh, apparent that that you're not mm-hmm. um so when because yeah that's like one of those things where actors where it's just like you know when an actor doesn't know what to do right they immediately try to do something yeah. right and it's almost always a terrible idea which is why like so many um great actors through time have have said like if you don't know what what to do don't do anything mm-hmm. right don't do anything stop be still listen to your partner connect with them right what are they doing like like respond to them but don't try to do anything you like essentially and, and it is it's a lesson of like go to a place of stillness because if you try to do something you're going to do something fucking stupid mm-hmm. you're going to do something totally inappropriate you're going to try and force something and like that that's like one of the things like i i hate more than anything is seeing an actor trying to force an emotion or push an emotion because yeah you know, because they think that that's what they need to do. Or, um, you know, sometimes it's a situation where you can see that like they're being, 
Um, it can be an ego thing where you see an actor being kind of outacted to a certain extent. You know, it's like you have a they're they're working with a really great actor and they're tapped into something, and the other actor suddenly feels very self conscious that they've got nothing going on. <laughs> so then they try and push something, right? Because they're trying to I got to try and match you, but they're not coming from anywhere. No, right? they're coming and, from ego. I mean, I got to match you, right? Like if that's what yeah. they're trying to do, right? Then that's you know, I yeah. mean. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, and it's, it's, it's coming from confusion. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, um, that's the problem. The constant activity, when you're just in constant activity, it means that you start to work more and more from a place of confusion. I think that that's what's, what's, what's becoming kind of, uh, clear to me in this conversation is that, you know, because activity isn't and and doing things is not necessarily coming from a place of confusion. But if there was no stillness from which it came out of, then there's a good chance that it's that that the activity is coming out of confusion, right? And when you're working out of confusion, you then you then you're working out of fear. Mm -hmm. You know, you're working um, you're working out of you're you're not necessarily working from a place of 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 genuine meaning, genuine passion. Like it's just it's just as you said, it's just busy. And um yeah, I don't know. That for me this is kind of like a like a big thing I'm for, for myself that I'm seeing in this conversation. I think you're well, I think you're bringing up some great stuff. I I, I mean you know, as we've gone down this journey of this conversation, it's been really it's been a really great talk for looking at i think doing nothing in a more practical and and uh, like sensical kind of like purposeful way where you know it's not so much that you need to know what you need to do you know this is kind of like i'm i'm interpreting i suppose but it's not so much that you're like okay i'm going to i'm not going to do anything because like that will lead to my self improvement or I'll be better. Like, not like that. Don't like that's mm -hmm. ego. That's, that's the confusion. Right. So it's like, you don't do anything because then you can hear, you can see, you know, you can sense, you can pick it up and then you can respond appropriately real, you know, and, and, and these thoughts, right? Like, like if you stop, <clears throat> You know, I found this for myself, right? I stop and my mind just starts going, it's just trucking along. It's like, well, well, this and you got to do that. And, you gotta, and, and, and you're just like, okay, all right. I hear you. Uh-huh. Thank <laughs> you. My mind is going. That is what's happening right now. The motion of my mental faculties are like the wind. They're they are in a motion and they are going. And this is what is happening, you know? And I and it stops to be, it stops being a a specific thought, but like that is the sound of the wind that it makes as it blows this way. Right. And so then you go, okay, now I'm going to respond to you. This is what you're doing. I don't have to do exactly where you're trying to push me, but I'm going to respond to you. And then like one thing with sailing, right? Like they call it tacking, right? So you tack and you use the wind, but you go in a different angle than the wind is necessarily going. And most often you actually wouldn't go in direct line with the wind, but whatever. Um, and so you use the wind, but it pushes you in the direction you want to go, but you're not, you're not denying the force that's at play. So your mind is running in a certain direction, but you don't 
You don't go, no, you can't run that way. You can't go that way. That's not okay. You just go, no, that's the way you're running. That's the way you're blowing. That's the way you're moving. And I will respond to that. And and eventually you will change because nature just changes, right? But, you know, our mind can be like a storm. And I think if we try to stop the storm, that's a mistake. That's trying to control nature. And that's just out of reality. It's not in truth, right? And Mm. and I, I think sometimes we... We think, well, it's my body, it's my mind, I can control everything. And there's a lot of self-help gurus that are like, you can control your thoughts and your state and all of this stuff. And it's like, yes, to a degree, to a degree you can, but not entirely, but to a degree. Yeah. But you can't deny reality. If you start start denying reality, like, you know, you're gonna wind up in trouble. So yes, you can, you can, you can a, a better analogy or a better description would be you can respond with state you can respond with emotion you can respond to the nature of the flow of where you're going and what's happening and like if you're freezing and you just want to pretend in your mind that you're warm if it's cold enough you'll just freeze to death you don't get to just pretend that you're warm it might help it might actually help your body uh, sort some things out but like if it gets cold enough it doesn't matter just going to freeze to death. So you don't, you don't get to just, you don't just get to change it because it's not what fits for you. Right. And so doing nothing, I think to me, like a lot of what's kind of coming up to me with this is like, yeah, it gives me a chance to just stop, pay attention, recognize what's actually happening here and then work with that as opposed to fighting it all the time. And I think, you know, a lot of times people, you know, including myself and I'm sure you're, you know, like we all do it, right. We fight it. It's like, Mm -hmm. let's stop fighting it. Let's work with it. It's, Let's, you know, let's acknowledge this is what's happening and let's move with it as opposed to trying to say, no, this is wrong. It needs to be different. Yeah. No, sorry. That's how it is. (laughs) So what are you going to do? And, uh, and by the way, be grateful because it's actually a creative force as well. If you're trying to be an artist, right? It's actually a creative gift. And if you embrace it, you might find that it's actually giving you something wonderful that you actually would love to have if you stopped fighting it, you'd actually like, oh man, what a wonderful thing I've been given. I didn't expect it. I wasn't planning on it. wasn't trying to make that be, but it, but it is. And here I am. One last thing I'll say, Evan, I used to have this acting teacher, June B. Wild. And uh, I stayed with her for quite a few years and we had a lot of, you know, a lot of great uh, classes together, but she used to always say this one thing and always stick with me and I'll never forget it. But like actors would come in and they'd be like, oh, you know, like, I'm trying to do the scene, but I feel this way and blah, blah, blah. And she'd be like, use it. Fuck. (laughs) Use it. Yeah. (laughs) But it's like, well, yeah, because that's what's going on. So you might as well use it. Stop like trying to make it different. If if Mm -hmm. it's what's going on, you know, at least start from there, you know. But if you just try to change it and you try to say, no, this is wrong. I shouldn't be feeling this way. I mean, look, that's how you're feeling. It's just, it is what it is, right? And, uh, you know, I think is maybe you get a little bit, um, you know, better at understanding yourself, you know, and I'm sure like a a more experienced actor might say, well, I have some techniques or some strategies on how to deal with that. Okay, great. But like, if you're a newer actor, man, just work with the feeling that you already have, you know, as Mm -hmm. as just a a way to get used to what it is to feel truthful. Yeah. It's like an idea. So yeah. I mean, we're talking about acting a bit. I feel like it all relates though. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, for sure, man. For sure. Let's, let's, Let's um, let's do let's talk some beer and and I think let's uh, let's wrap this one up. Sounds good. To me, what do man. you say? You Sounds say good. Dude. All right.
right. Well, uh-huh. uh, I'll go. I'll go okay. first. I'm drinking uh, one that I don't believe uh, I've had before, um, or either of us have had on here. So this, I'm drinking the Alpha Juicy Lager from Academy Brewing in Vancouver. Nice. And it's delicious. Like it's like uh you know light and crisp, but it's got it's got some stuff happening flavor flavor wise in it that's um you know elevates it I guess to uh, to beyond just kind of like your your traditional lager while still making it nice and refreshing, easy to drink. So it's a winner. Very it's a winner cool. for me. Very cool. Okay, well, I have a very interesting beer. This is this is a very unusual beer, and it's a it's a rare um, it's kind of a rare opportunity to actually have it, which is part of the reason why I called it why, why I called it got it. <laughs> Unity Brew. That's that's what the name of this this dry hopped lager is. It's called Unity Brew, and the reason why it's called Unity Brew is because in Alberta. A bunch of these major breweries, they all came together and they just have beer and they drink and they talk and they make a brew together. So I went to Blindman Brewing, which is where I've been going recently to get a bunch of brews and Blindman Brewing had a part to do with, but also I'll read off a bunch of these because like there's so many people that are involved in this. So (laughs) Grizzly Paw, Paw Brewing, Born Brewing, Hard Knocks Brewing, Bow River Brewing, Hocktail Brewing, Brewster's Brewing, Hell's Basement Brewing, Cabin Brewing, uh, Hubtown Brewing, I suppose, um, Old Old's College Brewery, Tailgunner Brewery, Rail Yard Brewery, Talking Dog Brewing, Rapid Jeez. Ascent Brewing, Three Beers Brewing, Ravenwolf Microbrewery, Tool Shed Township 24, and I think I covered just about all of them. Okay, so anyway, wow. so all these breweries came together. It's really nice beer. Um, I mean, there's, there's so much on this, what's really interesting. And I'll say one last thing about this whole, this beer, which is very tasty and I've enjoyed it. And it's probably one of those ones, like, I don't know, maybe I'll never have it again because it's so rare, but this is a, uh, everything on this can, if you can see if you're on video and you can see this. So everything on this can is a sticker. It's all a sticker. So you <laughs> like, everything is a decal, like everything. So you can just take all this off and you can put it on mugs or whatever. <laughs> so it's nice. uh it's kind of an interesting it's an interesting thing, man. But um I was telling the brewery about our podcast and how this thing started and they were like, Oh, it's so cool. And then they started like just giving me this beer and that beer and whatever. And they're like, Oh, you gotta try this one. And I was like, Well, that's great. That would be great to talk about on the podcast because um, you know, the there is a that brewery culture here in Alberta that I've been kind of welcomed into. And um, and what's really interesting, Evan, and I got to mention this. So one thing that's very interesting about Alberta is Alberta and the breweries, actually, they, they have a lot to do. A lot of these ones have a lot to do with artistry. So, for example, at Blind Man Brewing, they, they get writers to write a story and on every can there's different stories that are written by, by local artists. So like you pick up a can, you read the story, you pick up another can, totally different story, pick up another can, totally different story. And so there's these, these just art that's published. And so, um, 
there's other breweries apparently, and I, I forget the names, but they actually get artists to come in and like design their brew. And so their brew can and all of this stuff so that you might have a different pitcher on every can that they have and stuff. Just really cool stuff. And I didn't realize, I thought this was so interesting because, you know, we talk sometimes about the art of craft brewery and all of that, but it's so neat to see that breweries actually are themselves coming out to artists and mirroring kind of an artistry and mm -hmm. uh, craft brew thing that's going on. This place is really cool. So For anyway, sure, I thought man. I'd mention that. Yeah. No, that's great. I love to hear that. Love to hear that kind of community collaboration and stuff like that. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, well, shall I, uh, shall I go first with some closing comments? Sure, man. All right. Uh, well, you know, kind of the last thing that, that just sort of popped into my mind reminds me of, uh, uh, back in 2016 when I, uh, spent a year doing, uh, doing a course in miracles, which was a fascinating journey <laughs> of itself. But I remember, you know, every day you're sort of given these meditations. And, uh, I remember there was this one and, uh, that has a lot to do with, with what we're talking about. And I think is maybe a, a helpful angle on this, you know, in terms of like, you know, the art of doing nothing. And part of that I think is the understanding coming to the understanding for ourselves that we actually don't need to do anything. Not really, you know, like on a, on a sort of a big grand scale <laughs> perspective, we don't, there's, we don't need to do anything. You know, you don't need to go to your job. You don't need to, you know, uh, you know, talk to your partner you don't need to <laughs> you know like there's so many things that you actually you don't need to do it it doesn't mean that there's not like there there's there's outcomes for all of these things right but that we actually don't need to do anything there's nothing that we actually have to do um and and the more you actually think consider it and think about how that's actually true um, you know, because we can get caught up in so much of these things of like, it's like of thinking that we, we have to do all of these things and you actually don't, you know, it doesn't mean that there, there might not be, you know, some challenging consequences as a result of, of these things, but that still doesn't change the fact that you don't have to do things. Right. <laughs> um, and there's a kind of uh, you can sense a kind of freedom in it. You know, once you let go of like, of all of the sort of feelings of, of, of having to do things, uh, there's a sort of freedom in, in being able to more fully decide what to do, to engage in, in maybe the same things, to still do the same things, but with the understanding that you don't have to do it. Mm -hmm. And when it's no longer, when it no longer comes with this obligation, uh, there's a new quality that, that can emerge from it. I think that more of, of more of yourself can emerge into what you're doing because it no longer is carrying the baggage of obligation. It's become something that you're choosing to do. 
hmm. right? Becomes something that you're, that you are actually, you know, saying yes to, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I think that that's, I think, one kind of an interesting way to to really think about that. Ask yourself that question or, or, or something that you can just say to yourself periodically of just like, like, I don't need to do anything or I, I need to do nothing, I think was how it was presented to me. Um, but you, you need to do nothing like mm-hmm. it and, and really, um, start to understand how that's true because I think that can really help us connect to the actual space of doing nothing and, and give us that sort of give us a little bit of that stillness that, uh, that, that we need more of. Well, to, to, if I can comment on, on that, I think, uh, a reframe that I really like is instead of saying, I have to do this, say, I get to do this. And that comes from a place of gratitude and appreciation. Um, you know, so, there are times where, you know, there's these things and you're like, man, I'm really tired. I just, I just want to go to bed. I just want to be on my own. I just, I don't want to have to deal with this, whatever it might be. And, and, um, you know, and you, you might say, but I have to do this thing. It's like, well, look, if you're, if you have a kid or you have a partner or you have something that you like really love and appreciate in your life, and it's like a good thing in your life and you can acknowledge it's a good thing in your life and you want it in your life. Instead of looking at like, I have to, Look at it like you get to. And, you know, there's these things in life that a lot of times you will not appreciate them until they're gone. And if you can get ahead of that, if you can figure out a way to recognize that, hey, look, this might not always be here. These things may not always be the way they are. You know, one thing, uh, you know, I mean, I know you just had a child and I, I have a lot of friends that have children. Um, It's kind of being the you know, the uncle to many children <laughs> that I, I get to experience this, but, um, you know, your, your child's never going to be this age again. It's never going to be this way ever again. And I know it's hard. I know it's challenging. I know sometimes you're tired, but you get this right now and it's ne- it's going to go away and they're not, and they're still going to be around, but it's going to go away. It's going to be gone and you'll miss it and you'll, and you'll long for it one day. So try to try to get ahead of the thing that way, you know, like you don't have to do anything but appreciate it, right? Like, and, and you don't even have to appreciate it, but you could appreciate it, right? And so there's that that I this kind of like spurred spurred that thought and I thought it was worth sharing. The other thing I would say is like, you know, to go back to the sailing analogy, because I don't know, I had a lot of fun with that one. <laughs> I kind of liked where it led with this conversation. You know, the storm comes and some people go, oh, we got to go back. And some people like me go, amazing, we get a storm. <laughs> but I mean, there's a certain point where I'm like, the storm's big enough. I got to go back. I, I'm going to go back. I want to go back. I don't have to, but I want to, right? And so, um, you know, just because the winds change, just because things, um, you know, happen in, when you're actually paying attention and you're being responsive to the nature around you, because we are talking about doing nothing, doesn't mean you necessarily have to do anything other than what you other than what is a truthful response 
And I think the the thing is, and we're talking about the art of doing nothing, we're not actually talking about doing nothing because it's impossible. That's not going to happen. You will not just stop. It just doesn't work that way. Your mind will keep running. Your heart will keep beating. Your breath will keep breathing. You know, all of this stuff will just keep happening. Right. And, and if you were to stop at all, you know, it wouldn't, first of all, it wouldn't work. Second of all, the consequences would be bad and you know, whatever, you're not going to do it. So like, just give it up. Right. So like the other thing is, is like, do nothing is not necessarily do nothing, but it's like, don't do any more than what is right now. And let this happen. Let this be and respond truthfully to it. And I think also when it comes to the busyness and just to bring it back to that one other element, I think, which is important and very parallel to this. Just because you're not, quote unquote, doing anything, don't just make yourself busy to feel comfortable or better. And this, if I could give anybody some practical advice with this, sit with it, just let it be, <clears throat> let it happen. Let this just exist and, and, and be open to the fact that if you let this thing like be, if you don't try to move it or fix it or change it or alter it, and you just let it be that you will come to some awarenesses or some enlightenments that might be worth that extra moment. And maybe that extra moment is 30 seconds. Maybe that extra moment is 30 minutes. Maybe it's three hours. I don't know. But when you walk away with a great discovery in the nothingness, you realize why the nothingness was all worth it anyway. And you didn't even know what you were looking for. And you didn't even know what you'd find. But yet there you are and you found it. And now you're there. And okay. And it could change your life forever. And I think that's kind of the cool thing. And that's really where the art of doing nothing really exists. It's in this creative flow of you're letting it almost show you and come out of you without you needing to make it happen. You're letting it happen. And all you're doing is being kind of present enough to catch it, to notice it, to see it, you know? And that's, that is, there's an art in that because I actually believe that's what art is for me. That's so much of what art is. And that's what storytelling is, is that story kind of is always, it's always just passing through me, passing through me, passing through me. And then all of a sudden, you know, I stop for a moment. I go, Oh, that would be interesting. That would be worthwhile. That would be something. And then, but that happened in the nothing. And I was paying attention enough to catch it. And now look at me. I'm writing a novel, I'm writing a screenplay, I'm writing something, and I'm doing something I love. But but I was just not busy for a moment long enough to capture something and let that thing be explored. Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.